What's up, everybody? Welcome back um, to season six of Sunday Night Teacher Talk, which is, uh, wow, we're really batting a thousand here. Uh, we, we are we had, awesome. We have been working so much since school let out. It has literally been w almost without a break this entire time. So, like, school got out, a graduation happened, pack up your classroom, uh, move my stuff to a storage unit because I had so much stuff. Then it was like game on. Like I have, I'm in this this program that I'm in, so I'm taking classes. I was in Orlando for five days uh, at Get Your Teach On, which was a whole other. Uh, here's an old man marker. I'm gonna use the word kerfluffle um, because getting down there, like my flight got canceled, and then we got stuck on the tarmac for a long time when I got there, and I was late for everything. And then, uh, but I saw Mario Lopez in the in the park in the uh, airport i thought he was going to the conference he was leaving uh because i was gonna late. i was gonna ask him for a ride to the conference but um so yeah a lot of stuff and now today we are getting back into the groove yeah 60 percent to, to about to where we wanted to be to kick off this season but um episode 180 something and season six uh which is crazy. We started doing this close to six years ago. We started doing live feeds and um, I just, it just never stopped. I remember Jen Jones saying, telling me one time, she's like, if you're going to do a live, you have to do it every single, like, like be consistent. So like for us, it was every single week. And she's like, you cannot miss a week of this. So. And we really um, haven't, we haven't missed very many. We have missed very few. like few, like, yeah it's been it's been incredible so look we're trying to upgrade our game here a little bit right we got like new cameras so the quality should be a little bit better got a mic for the not so secret wife over here so um when i drag her begrudgingly into part, you make part me of the be a part of things then, this. she can be heard um so that's where we're starting so look it is it is incredible to me um this community that that we have been able to be a part of like to be a part of all of you all because when i think about who like we it's really july it's july 10th and we're on here talking about school talking about next year talking about getting ready and i just think that there's so much to that uh that we are all cut from maybe the same kind of crazy but um I really get excited about that stuff. So we're really looking forward to the season. We're looking forward to what's coming up. Um, but look, I want to get into uh, to people's questions. What do you got there, dude? We got we got some already. All right. Our first question comes from Stephanie. She's asking, I am switching grade levels yet again, third to eighth math for now and and now sixth. How do I get a good feel for different ages quickly so the kids don't think I am talking above them or down to them? Um, can you pop the question up oh, there on the screen? Yeah, there you go. The old uh, third to eighth grade and now sixth grade. So, man, I think, Steph, if you went from third to eighth, that's the biggest jump. To me, the switch from eighth to sixth doesn't feel like, like, Same eighth fact. grade's a different mindset right they're, they're like top of the food chain middle school mindset a lot of, if your school goes up to eighth grade um but what i'm thinking about is i think it hmm 
so quickly than I don't want to talk about. I th- you know, to me... For sixth grade, I'm going to say this. As a mom, as someone like our kid was... Last time he was in public school, I think he was like fifth or sixth grade. Um, and I want to say at that age, I feel like the maturity level is starting for like real independence. Like, but it's still not there where you are in eighth grade compared to sixth grade. Um, sixth grade, I feel like still needs a little bit of, of handheld holding or in between like help. The maturity isn't quite there. It's like Mm. beginning, you know, it starts in like fourth and fifth grade. I think sixth, sixth grade, they probably still need a little bit of help. Yeah. Um, more so than eighth graders, I would imagine. But I, I, she says like she doesn't want to feel sensitive to like talking down to them. So I think it's about like asking people to partner and it's their help with things. It's making them feel like they're a part of something versus like yeah. demanding. I think that can be an easy shift. I think that's a good point. And I think it's reading the room like as you get to know students. Right. So a lot of times we make these big sort of like your question is like this is from the jump beginning of the year. But as you get to know students and you get to know their needs and you get to know their parents and you get to know the community that you're a part of in that grade level. So like what are other grade level uh, teachers doing? And that's just going to naturally help you to grow into this, into who you need to be for this. And, you know, with regard to to talking down to students, um, you know, sometimes I really think that it's it's the tone. It's entering into things with curiosity, not like necessarily questioning them uh, as to like, what are you doing? But like asking questions about them, like, hey, I'm curious, like, why you do it that way? Or would this be more helpful? And starting to dial it in and get a feel for that on the front end is what my my intuition would tell me that. Look, even sixth grade kids, right? I remember being sixth grade, uh, Miss McGovern's sixth grade class at uh, Seventh Avenue School. And you, you, like my wife said, like you want to be, you want to be grown, but you're not really grown yet. So, but how can we help kids to feel more grown? It's talking to them like it's, this is a conversation and not, uh, and not a dictation. Right. So like, you're just, I think that that's where I would, I would come from. So what do you got, buddy? All right. Our next question comes from Miranda. That's the first question of season six right there. I know. Stephanie Henry. Uh, first question or second question is from Miranda. She's asking, thinking about making the leap to create content geared towards towards young music educators teaching high school. There are a lot of elementary resources. I love video info format like YouTube advice. I, I, so there's a lot of advice I can give. We were literally just talking about um, the potential to create like a like a workshop for educators trying to get into this space right and because i think that the beauty of it is that you're never necessarily drowned out right there's there's so many people that are so similar in in youtube world that i think that you know we we thought i don't know if this is going to work right like i'm a, i'm in my mid 40s male on youtube um, teaching in inner city Philadelphia like that that is like there's no one else there, to my knowledge doing inner city all boys school same age as me same weirdness as me so but what you have to remember is that what makes you different is what makes you special and so and this idea that we always go back to which is 
your ordinary is someone else's extraordinary, right? You just don't know what you're going to say or what you're going to do to put out there that's going to change someone's day, week, month, year. And so I think leading with that, not trying to be... So I heard this really, really great quote at Get Your Teach On this year. Um, Hayward Jean said this. He said, stop trying to be extraordinary and just put some extra in your ordinary. And I was like, yes, bro. There was a church moment in there. Amen. Um, I was I got so stoked. And it's just leading with what you know, leading with what works for you and putting it out without expectation that it needs to get views, that people need to watch it, to like, to subscribe. You are just putting goodness out in the world and someone is going to find it. And then someone's going to tell someone and then someone's going to tell someone else. And then before you know it, it grows. And, you know, what I tell my students all the time is, I have a young man that had, a, that had a YouTube channel that I taught and he was bummed because he only had um, he had 100 subscribers and he was like, it sucks. It's not a lot of people. I said, listen, first of all, let me tell you what you don't know 100 people. You don't, you're not friends with 100 people. You don't even know like you couldn't name 100 kids in our school right now. And so when you take 100 people and you put them in a room, that's a lot of freaking people in a room. Right. So it's it is honoring and caring for the people that show up without like the dream that it would it's 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 letting go of like this million subscriber play button it's like no like get real super hyper focused and loving on the people that you have around you and then put some put some extra in your ordinary um and show up and, and share what you got i think that's that's i think that's just like the magic to to succeed in social media yeah. it's like there's nothing magical it's just be consistent do it a lot and be awesome yeah like it's the consistency piece is huge yeah how many people started a youtube channel the year that we did i know right not even around they're anymore. not there's hardly any of them around a lot of them are still there too though um okay our next question comes from Catherine. she is asking this year as as a staff we are struggling with morale our school is small with 25 teachers the burnout is real what are some of the best ways to rebuild and encourage teacher morale you know i <sighs> I think there's a lot there. Some of these questions are, are huge, right? This is like a whole workshop. I think that teacher morale has to start from the top down, right? Like you have to have leadership that is going to respect teachers and is going to show up and care for them. I think anytime you take things off teachers' plates, it is, it's a sign of love. Um, and so I, I another get your teacher on. There was this comedian there and uh, he said, if when leadership, he's like, I always felt like when leadership left us, let us go early from a meeting or for the day, it was like they were flirting with us. Like you felt like you got the feels like, oh, someone's, oh, that was like you're speaking my love language right there. It is, I think it is taking things off educators plate so they can do the real work, right? No, no teacher is ever going to try and no teacher is ever going to try and well, there's probably two out there, but like are going to try and get away with doing less, right? Unless they're being held accountable to a certain degree, right? So like, I know that I'll work 12 hour days, no problem as an educator, no problem, right? And I love it. As soon as you start putting things on me, I don't want to do your to-do list. I'm trying to create lessons. I'm trying to create experiences. I'm trying to create moments. I'm trying to create community. I'm trying to create awesomeness in the classroom. And now that I have to spend 
six hours doing like some tediously long lesson plan and all the other nonsense. Like, now look, I realize there's some paperwork that's important, but like, let's take off teachers. Let's also care for teachers. Like they're the most important people in the building, right? What does that switch look like when teachers are treated like the, like, when you come back for the beginning of the year, we are, we love that you came back. Thank you. So like, we love that you're here. We want to make this year the best year ever. How can we do that? And then really thinking like, if like that, watch this, ready? That students aren't the most important people in the building, right? Let's switch that for just a second and say, what if teachers were, what if we loved on teachers so much? And then all that love just trickles down to kids. Everyone's there for kids anyway, but can we show up for students? I think that that's, that's one of the things that um, start dreaming there. Like, what if there was, what if there was free coffee in the building every day, right? Like, I don't know if y'all have free coffee. We don't have free anything, right? Um, you get like a free expo marker at the beginning of the year, and then you cover that thing and hold it tight. Like it's your most special prized treasure in the world. Um, what if teachers were, given a little bit more time off? What if there were lunches every so often or donuts for teachers? I don't know if they always want to give us donuts. Give us cereal. Um, you know, what if there was like, just start going down the rabbit trail of like, what would it look like to really love teachers out loud? And then I really think that you do that and the ROI for the whole school with morale, with community, with camaraderie, with going above and beyond for, for students. I just think that it goes next, next level mm -hmm. if that happens. Miss Gonzalez just said in the comments, she said, music is motivating, motivating too. find a good playlist and use it to pump up the teachers on a regular basis. I just think like, what if like before school opened and teachers were in there, what if they used the PA system to like pump up some like really good jams, but that would be kind of hard to fit everybody's or taste if it was or in, genre. Like, a certain location, <laughs> like, I don't right? know, something like I that. I don't know, man. McDaniel always had great playlists. That's one thing that guy could I do is could put together. Do something fun like that. It would right? be like, just have like, it's in the office, we're getting coffee, we're meeting up, quick meeting, like just yeah. getting everyone pumped up for the day. There's music going on, like you're creating the vibe, man. You're getting people stoked to be there I in a real we, way. Right? I think we forget about how important that is. Like it really makes a bigger impact. I it think. makes all the difference. Yeah. All right. Our next question is coming from Semmer. From Summer Hayward, uh, she's saying, I got a new job, congratulations, at a new district, less toxic, more opportunities. What advice do you have for setting boundaries and expectations with a new group of people without being considered rash or rude? Oh, okay. So you want to do it. You don't want to. Never mind. I was going to make fun of you. <laughs> yeah, you uh, don't want to do it with the, the, <laughs> the uh, not so secret wife. Boy. I am very brash and I don't I'm not always the best with that. I always have to go. <laughs> CJ is definitely. Just be nice. Be, be nice to them. Um, and look, I'm not, I'm not just into being look. Cause look, sometimes your way is the right way. Like it's the way it has to happen, right? Um, to me, I'm very clear. It's not brash to me. It's just setting because I get mad. Lines, but you just get you're just you keep it even. But I'm gonna let you know exactly. I get very clear and direct. Yeah, um, I do it with a lot more. Well, maybe you should teach Summer's way. <laughs> smushy love on on the front end because I think I think love gets you further than, than Well, you always say you get more with honey than you do with vinegar yeah yeah and and it's speak but it's speaking the truth in love yes. right that's what so, I'm trying to learn how to do it's but you I think I think you can do that I just think that they're at the bank the other day shush they, shush yourself okay answer her okay. question <laughs> um so I keep looking over here because the old camera was over I here know. I keep having to remember this um 
I think learning how to say no and smiling at the same time is is part of it. I think the other thing is when you're asked to do something, it is it is saying, let me get back to you. Can I like um, I'm in the middle of something, something's going on, whatever. Uh, let me talk to I, here's a good one. Let me talk to my spouse. Right. Even if you don't have a spouse, let me talk to my kids. Let me talk to my family, whatever you got to put it on and give yourself 24, 48 hours to or or more to let it set in right even 10 minutes sometimes you just need 10 I, minutes to like go, have, oh yeah, yeah no i don't i don't want to do that because i've I signed can't. up for stuff before where i was like they were like oh i want to do this i'm like yeah no problem and then i ask you and you're like dude what are you talking about you have nine other things signed up like for that day and i'm like oh crap all right so bad yeah, idea you still do this <laughs> i do i do it constantly um the other thing is i think look we're gonna have a workshop coming up that's gonna talk directly to this but one of the ways I think to not sign up for things that you are that are not for you is remembering that one, you don't you're not the be all end all in your school. Right. And that someone asking is just someone asking. It's not someone demanding. And so but I think the way you figure out what's for you is there's two things that you can do there. One, when you take that, whether it's 10 minutes or it's a week to think about something, if it doesn't make you say, hell, yeah, then don't do it. Right. That's one. I think I really subscribe to this. If it unless look, there's times when you're helping out a friend. Um, there's times when you're like, oh, that kid really needs it. And I'm going to do it for this time. Right. But those are like one off situations. If it doesn't make you say hell yeah, then don't do it. The other thing is really getting clear on your purpose. What is your purpose as an educator? Is it are you the relationship person are you do you work really well with parents do you work really well putting systems in place are you a curriculum person are you one that loves to build community in your school do you love creating activities and creating connections and helping students network helping kids with the, like what is it that you feel is your purpose as an educator when you're real clear I, and i mean like a one-liner right like what is your one line um the program I'm in right now, we'll call it your personal calling statement. So what is your personal calling statement? Um, and this, again, something I would love to work out in, in a workshop coming up that I'm going to help people work through this. But when you do that, you now when someone asks you a question like, hey, do you want to coach lacrosse? And you're like, ah, I'm new here. And I don't even know what the hell lacrosse is. But like, I'm thinking about doing it anyway. You can say, no, that this doesn't align with my calling with what I'm here to do. And then it just makes it so much easier to 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 answer questions that way. So that's part of what I, what I think is is the, is the way to go. Um, but you know, if you have if you get hung up, summer, just let us know, and we'll try and help you out. <laughs> all right. Our next question comes from Miss Gonzalez, art teacher. She's asking, first of all, welcome back. I can't wait to hear all about your summer endeavors. The second, regarding class jobs, do you recommend having the students apply or just assign to certain kids? So that's a great question. My friend Hillary um, has kids apply and then assigns them. So they are because some kids want like all the same job, right? Like, I don't know why everyone likes cleaning my whiteboard, but they like cleaning my whiteboard and it's weird. And no one wants to like wipe off desks. Uh, when I was in school, Back in the day, it was clapping erasers. Clapping erasers was the most fun thing because you got to go outside for a second, chuck them at your friend. That's really an old man marker you oh, just put yeah. on yourself. Well, no, back in my day when Clap we had, erasers. Chris Carson knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so 
it is uh they so it was just a fun job so i would have kids apply because that's that's a good practice to get into right like what do you want to do why do you want to do it whatever your kind of student job application is i use a mcdonald's application that i got found it it's from the mcdonald's at fiji uh and i even have like a little coloring thing on the back of it real short and part of that the kids always ask me do i have to do this yes um and because i want to see what your level of detail where are you at bro like i can't like i'm i'm a i i really love diy and i love like the style that i love but um i like that style to be carried out to a t so don't go messing up my, my situation so i don't know if you're the stapler person because you might staple things all crazy and it's like we got dial that in so i think that it, that's part of it and then look with regards to jobs man in this last year going back to school last school year like in person i really signed up for this idea if i if someone else can do it i'm not doing it that's my answer right and that's not, and that's not to try and get out of stuff necessarily it's because you all know there's way too many things for teachers to do anyway so why would I do anything that I could just get somebody else to do? And I'm willing to have anybody do anything if they can do it with at least 80% of what I would do, right? So like if your ability to grade, if your ability to staple things, hang things up, carry things, if you can do a thing at 80% of the, of like, if I'm 100% is what I'm doing, you can just give me 80%. And it means I don't have to do it. That means I can do all the like I can do more of what I'm actually of what only I can do. So I think jobs are an incredible idea. Um, yeah. Good luck. I love seeing everybody on here. I know. I fun. Everybody's the... back. Um, all right. Our next question comes from Alex. Hi, Reynolds. I'm a guidance counselor and get to work with grades five and seven. I want to have seventh graders mentor fifth graders and put them in in a position to be leaders. Any on any ideas on how to do this? Love this. Alex, I used to do a program where my ninth and 10th graders would go read to the fifth graders. And we would just show up and there were books and they would either read to them or they would have the kids read to the older students. And they gave them a level of respect and focus that teachers like would be hard pressed to get because teachers are teachers but the older kids are cool. Um, you know, I think anything you do that makes seventh graders feel like leaders and fifth graders feel like they're not just little kids, but they're somehow on the same, like they're not that far below, right? Even though, you know, uh, they are in a lot of abilities, but like, it's bridging those gaps. It's, it's connecting those students. And I've just seen when I have seniors talk to my freshmen and, you know, I'll have a kid that like is, uh, is having a real hard time connecting and they're a freshman, they're 14 years old. And then I have like one of my 18 year olds and I go, yo, listen, here's what I want y'all to do. When you see this dude in the hallway, here's a picture of him. When you see him in the hallway, his name's Todd. All I need you to do is say, what's up, Todd? That's it. You don't have to talk to him. You don't have to be his best friend. You don't have to sit with him at lunch. Just say, yo, what up, Todd? And that's huge. Because now that kid is like, what? Like older kids that are cool are not making fun of me. They're like being actually kind and and uh, and just noticing me. It That's everything. Of course, teachers are going to notice you. 
uh, or the likelihood the teacher's going to notice you is greater. But for older kids to do it, like that's a big deal. So I would just think of like any kind of like team building activity or like things that they could do together. Um, I'm trying to think of what Brody would have liked when he was younger or what some of the things that my students do together. I just have them do tasks like help around the school set up for activities. Um, so whether you have like an AV program, maybe you have a program that's um, like when we have a we have a program at our school that like uh, during events that there's like hosts. So they'll meet you at the door. They give you a program. They walk you to your seat. They make sure that you have everything. If you need anything, they get it for you, like water or help to get to the up the stairs because you're on a walker or something like that. Um, it's just boys showing up being kind together. I think that those kind of things really bring kids together. I think about, you know, my last thing real quick, my brother was in band growing up, how much of a difference it made to him as a seventh grader being in band with middle school and high school kids and just being around them doing the everyday stuff makes you feel like you're larger than life and makes seventh graders feel like they're a big deal too. All right, our next question comes from Sherry. She's saying, I just got a job where I'm teaching theater to two classes. I've never taught it. I've never taught it, so lost any recommendations or are on books or videos to watch. Oh, yes, I do. Um, first of all, teaching theater, you do? let's say, is there anyone in here now um, that is teaching theater that might be able to help out with this? Right. So let's just pull from the community right away. The other thing, Sherry, is if you go to our Facebook group, um, can you pull that question down, babe? So that pops up. Uh, so if you go to our Facebook group, we have a private Facebook group called uh, Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk, and it's only educators. No one in there is trying to sell you anything. They're not trying to like get you to join something. It, it's no, there are no advertisers in there. We don't let anyone in there that's not an educator. That would be a great place to post this exact question and say like, hey, look, um, what could I what are ways to get started? What are ways that I could do this? The other thing, you know, that I'm thinking of is that is hold on. My ADD is distracting me because um, I'm looking at David Bowie's hair here. And it, like when it's just the hair, and you can't actually see what's on my shirt. It just looks very it looks very weird. And that's where my ADD is taking me. Uh, I once taught a theater class and I've, I was in a play one time um, called Computerized Christmas at the Morristown Mall when I was in the sixth grade and I played Buzz. Uh, that was, that's my only sojourn into the world of theater. And it was amazing, but I think I hit, I hit like, I hit like, a, I got as high as I was going to get, right? Starting in that play. Yeah, like I peaked out early in sixth grade. And so that being said, um, I started a theater class, but in that class with no experience and someone else might speak against this and say it's a terrible idea. I had kids both do skits and I had kids um, create infomercials is one of the first things that we did. So like what's a product that you could create that is either real or something that you created, like something imaginary. And then we're going to create an infomercial or a commercial for that. And then what is like, what are skits? that thing kids would think were fun. We also did, um, we made movie trailers for like, you wrote like a plot line or like a synopsis of what you thought a movie could be about. Uh, and we created trailers. We also did it where like, what's, uh, what's a movie that would have, would be unlikely to have a sequel. And then 
you would make the sequel to that. So I remember like kids back in the day, instead of uh, eight mile by Eminem, they made nine mile. That was a real trailer. I remember it. Um, and it was hilarious. Uh, kids that made uh, trailers to the sequel to Titanic, right? There's really not going to be a Titanic to people. So, um, you know, <laughs> but the kids made these trailers and like, so it wasn't just doing theater and acting in front of everyone, but it was this, other kind of thing. Um, and then I'll tell you what, one other person that I would tell you to reach out to, and if you DM me on Instagram, I can connect you that way too. So just go to Real Rap with Reynolds on, on Instagram and I can just shoot me a message. One of my former students, Donovan, uh, who I wrote about in my book, Teacher Class Off, now available on Amazon. Donovan uh, is a theater teacher in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and is incredible, like incredible. Has worked with... Um, Ron Clark at his academy and stuff like that, like done some work for him and is just does amazing work. So if you DM me, I can connect you with him too. And there's also someone in the uh, comments, Miranda, who is a a theater teacher. So that's a great resource as well. So our next question comes from Carol. She's asking, you mentioned playing music behind your students' readings. How do you encourage kids to get up there? Do you make it a requirement? Um, I don't make it... (sighs) Gosh. All right. How do you even get them to start that if that's right. not like a thing? Yeah. So here's what we do. The the reason for the music. So I play music behind, for those of you that don't know, behind students sharing. So every day we start with journal entries because I want my students to get used to sharing their story. And so and and get comfortable thinking like that they're ordinary, someone else's extraordinary potentially. Or that like just practicing knowing that you have a story, right? So that's where it starts to incentivize or, or to make it more of an event for kids to read in the front of the class, we play music behind what kids are reading. So that could be kids picking their own music, but that can go a hundred different ways. And then they're not paying attention because they're just looking for playlists or, or music to play. But I, you typically know what kind of story a certain kid is going to read, right? So you start playing music behind it. And what that did was it made this a moment. Now, all of a sudden, instead of just reading, I am reading to this like emotional music, to this exciting music, to this funny music, to this adventurous music. And that made standing in front of everyone become a little bit more exciting and make it into this moment because everyone wants to be seen, right? Even your most introverted students, everyone wants to be known on some level. I, I really believe that. And there might be someone out there right now going, no, 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 it's not true. But I, I believe it in my heart. But they don't want to be known for the wrong thing. And I think that's why kids are hesitant to share. So if you can make someone sound like a boss, uh, that, I just think that, that makes all the difference. So that's that's one of the things, uh, the, the ways that we do it. Now, we do have kids read. And like when we read novels or short stories in class, there's music behind those as well. And what we found is that by doing this, everybody wants a little bit of recognition and playing music behind it makes it a little bit less nerve wracking because it's not just quiet. It's everyone can kind of like people are laughing with you and you don't feel like they're laughing at you. And you can also trade stories, like have kids read each other's journal entries. And then that's a way to get that out there too. So kids that are shy, that are really great writers are still having their stuff read and everyone loves it every day, but you have a trusted source that's going to read it. And, um, and so that, that can help as well. 
All right, our next question is coming from Miss L asking how to survive with extra pressure, no breaks due to short staff and on top of no support, toxic staff culture, lots of gossip, but love the kids and teaching. Um, correct? Except. Oh, except. <laughs> except There's one uh, challenging <laughs> class. Um, how to survive with extra pressure, no breaks. Miss L, oh man, let's see if, let's see how this answer goes. I, hmm, I'm going to say this, not knowing if it, if you can actually pull it off, right? Because I'm not sure what your dynamic is or how long you've been in your school and things of that nature. I find that people treat you the way that you teach them to treat you and that that goes with teaching too. We are not as educators, right? We're not like beholden to every single thing that someone tells us to do i just, I just don't I'm like i'm a grown-up like i just if if there's something going on and i don't want to do it i just don't do it now look i'm not talking about pushing off professional responsibilities i'm not gonna not go to parent teacher night because because i'm like i'm not doing it i got something else to do i'm not gonna not um grade work and put it in a timely manner i'm not gonna not get back to parents i'm not gonna um, not take a phone call from a parent or email from a parent and get back to them within a reasonable amount of time. Um, I'm not going to not go to certain school meetings, but there are some that I won't go to. There's meetings that could be an email and you, you know them from 30 seconds in. I fake a phone call on my phone and I walk out of the room and then I go to my room and do actual work or tutor students or help someone with something. Um, just because it's given to me to do doesn't mean I'm going to do it. And so if I need a break, like... I just I, I I don't have a problem asking leadership, how are we working this out so that we can actually go to the bathroom? How am I working this out so that I can have like asking for a break is not asking. It's like like that's not a luxury. It's a human right to be able to have a break in your schedule because it's going to allow you to, to do all the 9000 other things. Right. So. I got asked a question recently. This is a whole video that's going to come out, which is like, how do you use your time wisely in school? And I think one of those times is by looking at the time that you have like off. I hate doing air quotes, but off <laughs> and knowing like, what are you using that time for? So in school for me, it's prepping before my first period class. Then I teach like two classes and I do grading um, and I make sure that I uh, or no, I do uh, parent emails. And then that's my time, right? I don't email parents back as soon as I get an email from them. And I don't look at my phone during class. So like I email you during that period of the day. Uh, if you get back to me that period of the day, I will respond to you again. But if not, I'll respond to you tomorrow. And then the end of the day, uh, I do. Uh, I also use that time for planning too, um, for future planning. And then at the end of the day, I had eighth period off last year. I did all of my grading during eighth period, but I had students do it. So I didn't have to do it. I just input grades and, and did graded written responses. So... It is finding that rhythm that works for you and then learning how to say no. And if that doesn't work, I really think it's worth considering, like, is there a better school for you? Like, let's let's go there. Like, is there a better school where you're going to be loved, cared for um, and and accepted for, for the kind of teacher that you are and where we're not putting so much on on teachers? Um, because, look, this is not a teacher problem. It's a leadership issue that like culture starts at the top 
it only trickles down the teacher. Now, look, I've been at part of schools where I've had a pretty incredible teacher culture despite having crappy leadership, but that is that's that's really hard to achieve. And and but I also think that it's how beautiful it would be if we were supported by administration and had a really strong teaching staff. Like that would be incredible, but this is your leadership's job. So I think it's it's asking all the questions and we don't see answers. It's asking again and again and again and again and again um, until you get the answer that you're looking for, because you deserve um, you deserve the prep periods. You deserve the time off. You deserve a quiet place to make a phone call. You deserve uh, the ability to eat lunch in peace and not have to talk to kids or be like right next to students or whatever. Like, like, so I think it's dreaming out that day and what you think it should look like and then fitting school into that. Um, but that would be my answer. And I realize it's not an easy one, but it's it's still the one I would give. All right. Our next question comes from Chris Carson. My man. But really, it's Heather, his daughter, Heather, who just got a teaching job. Is She's asking, what advice would you give a first year teacher, third grade, but there are no established teachers at this point? I'm the only one. What in the world? I guess that's for third grade. They're a whole new third grade staff. There's not one veteran. I hope they hire a veteran. <laughs> so I would say this. You, There's a whole bunch. I could say this also, but Heather, first of all, congratulations. I know your dad was really, really excited when you got your teaching job. Um, and so I would, one, you have to connect with someone. Don't get caught recreating the wheel and starting from nowhere. And there are people you can watch online, but I think the real the real stuff is going to come from connecting with other teachers that are either similar to your kind of vibe or that are teaching similar content, right? So like whether it's going in our Facebook group and finding third grade teachers or people that used to teach third grade that have been doing it for a minute, they're going to help you navigate and fast track a lot of things instead of you trying to figure it out yourself, right? So learn from other people's victories and mistakes. That That's the first thing that I would do. Um, the second thing is have fun, right? Like we forget this as did we all got into this because we thought it was going to be fun on some level. And then sometimes that's taken away from us. Sometimes we forget that that's why we, we were there. Sometimes it's like, oh, no one else is having fun. And this is a pain in the ass. Um, it's learning how to have fun. And despite what's going on, right? I think that that's huge. I think the other thing is, you know, I, I've talked about this before. And this is in another video that's coming out. Uh, next week, I think on Tuesday, um, there is this idea where people will tell you to don't work so much, like you're going to burn yourself out. Um, and here's my, I heard this somewhere recently. You're only doing too much if you're overwhelmed. Right? Think about that for a second. You're only doing too much if you feel overwhelmed. Otherwise, you're just doing what you love. Right. So it's like I, when I first started teaching, I was at school from 630 in the morning when they opened the building to like 637 o'clock at night every night for like two years. I just loved it. I loved being there. And so it's like my wife was always there. My kids would come in and hang out. Even when I was at started at Boys Latin, like the kids, Marley learned to roller skate in the hallway there because <laughs> we would just like bring the kids up and bring their stuff and they would hang out like I wanted to be there. So it's doing all of that. But then it's. I think the other thing is, and last quick thing I'll give you, because I could go on and on and on about this, is 
having a pain plan also, right? So it's going in expecting and looking for fun and bringing your energy, but it is having a real strong pain plan in place. And your pain plan is when you have a hard day, when you have a hard phone call with a mom, you get some terrible news, when something doesn't go as expected, uh, like what do you do? Right. Cause otherwise you're just going to end up drinking yourself into, into oblivion. And, um, it is having like, who do you talk to? Where do you go? Do you exercise? What exercises do you do? Where do you do exercises? Do you go out for a drink with friends? Do you go out for coffee? Do you have that trusted person that you can call on the phone? Um, do you take your dog for a walk? Do you pet your dog? Do you go for a walk in nature? What are you doing? What is the plan when the pain hits so that you can shift and get into that mindset that you need to get into? All right. Our next question comes from Miss Miss J. Jay's kids videos. <laughs> All right. I'll Love just call it. you Miss J. Uh, switching from teaching to being an elementary principal in a small school I've worked at for 20 years. How do I transition? Well, Gosh. Wow, in the same school, she's going. She worked there for 20 years. And she's going from teaching to the principal. I would oh, say so this first, <coughs> Miss J. Awesome. Listen to your intuition. Like you already like, what are all the things you wish had been the certain way when you were an educator? And now how do you help make teachers lives better? Like, like, let it be a blessing to the school that you're in charge now, like that you're that you're running stuff like you're you're the principal. Let it let it be a blessing to everyone involved in like that. You're going to show up, that you're going to care, that you're going to see people, that you're going to meet their needs. Um, you know, two quick things I loved is that I had a principal, no attendant, who's now uh, assistant superintendent for the school district of Philadelphia. And he was my principal. You couldn't on any day walk into his room, no matter how pissed off you were and not have him smile and look at you like this was the best part of his day. He just did all the, he'd literally be like in the middle of furiously working on something. And if he couldn't take a call or do a conversation, he'd tell you when to come back. Cause if he was on the phone, he'd be like, he wouldn't put you in front of someone else necessarily. But if you came in and he was working on stuff, you'd be like, oh, Reynolds, how are you, man? Like what's going on? And no matter what I told him, I felt like he was going to support me. He was going to try and figure out some way to help me out. So those two things alone, right? It was seeing me, stopping what he was doing and just having a smile on his face and so glad that I was there, right? I don't even know if that smile was real, right? It could have been fake. I fake it to kids all the time. <laughs> when I had like, we had an argument on the way to school or someone pissed me off in traffic or I got a flat tire or something happened, right? And then I get to school and I see a kid and they're like, Reynolds. And I'm like, hey man, what's up? Like I, you just, you acted out, right? I don't think it's acting it out. I think that's a sign of maturity. You're able to- Take that, that and, and like pin it and put yeah. it here and behave the way that you You're are right. expected to. It's a maturity Sometimes shift. it's an act. Like when you have some serious stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, I home, get it. Sometimes you do have to right? play. Like, but overall, I think that behavior, yeah. the ability right. to do that is a is a sign of a mature adult. Appreciate the compliment. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> you love me. Um, the And then the other thing is always feeling like someone's got my back right? Like I couldn't be in a meeting. I remember him telling me this. He goes, I will always back you in a parent meeting, no matter what, but we might have to have a real conversation afterwards. Because if I messed, if I was the one that messed up, he was still going to, he would back me, but then like never not back me in front of a parent. But then like, we would have to maybe have like, uh, what we refer to as a heavy, deep and real conversation afterwards. And so that, that alone was 
just great. Like, and, and I think, you know, I think back to last year and how we started the school year all wrong at my school because the, the new CEO told everyone that his first slide in the beginning of the year was, um, it just said stressed. And he said, I'm going to stress you out. That is the worst way to start a school year that I could possibly imagine. everybody's out that they quit. That they all quit. <laughs> yeah. Um, like 5% of the teachers are going back. Um, and so it, it is, you know, I think it's starting with, I'm so, the same way I start class every year. I'm so excited you're here. I'm so thrilled. I hope that we have the greatest year ever. And what do we need to do to make this the greatest year ever? What are you looking for? And so th that's some of the stuff I'm thinking about. But. All right. Our next question comes from Summer. I'm in Texas. While my principal is supportive, I don't know anyone else. I'm an activist for myself and my kids. I want to display that piece of me in my classroom. Is that appropriate? Like Black Lives Matter and Pride, etc. So look. Hot topic. It is a hot topic. <laughs> and I'm going to keep it real with you. Summer, I... I'm really, I'm trying to think of how to say this, but I can only say it very plainly. I don't have to, I want all my kids to feel seen, heard, supported, loved, cared for, out loud, not just in my heart, right? Love isn't just what you feel, it's what you do, right? I wanna, I wanna love people out loud. Um, and look, I have my own values, I have my own belief systems. I don't always have to be about it to be about it. Right. Like, so like, I don't have to like, I don't know that like, if you're, even if there's things that you're, that, that are in the world that people like, so look, like, let's say you don't think black lives matter is a thing, right? Like, so let's say you're one of those people that like, you're just like, you're not going to put, you don't want to have the conversation about, and I get this, these compliment or compliments. Uh, I get these comments all the time where like, addressing race is wrong that shouldn't address race it shouldn't address sexuality it doesn't have anything to do with the classroom i'm not necessarily bringing these conversations up but i'm creating a safe space in my classroom for kids to share and explore and express who they are what they think and what they feel bottom line all the time no matter what no matter what the topic um i want my kids my students to look around my room and feel represented seen cared for and heard right like and whether i'm whether you're about uh pride um, are you about love? Are you about showing up and, and, and the kids when kids are going through the most tumultuous time of their life, right? Like you're in your teens, you're trying to figure out who you are and, and how you fit in and what you mean to the world. And do you matter? I want you to know unequivocally that you matter. So I'll put up anything in my room that lets you know that look wrong side that you belong everywhere. Right. And so whether that is a flag or it's a banner or it's just something like whatever it is about you, I don't know that that's so much. Look, and this is going to depend on the teacher. Right. I don't see what I'm doing as pushing my value system, my ideas, my beliefs on other people. Right. But what I am doing is seeing who's in my room and then going do 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 do. OK. Let's let's make this let's make this out loud love to let you know that you're accepted um, for who you are. The end. So should you hang stuff up in your room if it means that you're loving kids out loud? Yes. All the time, everywhere, every day. The end. Yeah, I think if you get pushback from a school like I don't that's a different conversation, yeah. but at least. But you know what? 
have that conversation. So if so if they have rules that you're not allowed to do it, you can make that decision, right? Whether you're going to follow those rules or not. But I think that that's, but I would enter into that conversation with curiosity. I'm curious why we wouldn't want to do this. Why we wouldn't want to support students. Why like we put up flags for where you're from, right? Yeah. Like if you have students from all over the world. I think the safe argument for all educators to say within that, like whether it, it has no matter of what you actually believe as a human being, like your personal it could, beliefs. It could, but. I'm, I'm sure I think that that like propels I it, like your reason yeah. to love people and acceptance and inclusion and all of that might become backed because of your beliefs. But I think regardless, what I'm trying to say is regardless of your beliefs, whether you think right or wrong, left or right, like all those things, I just think regardless on a human basic nature, it comes down to creating a space where everyone feels accepted, no matter if they identify with something that you believe or not, or you yeah. agree with politically or not. Like it doesn't matter. It's about creating a safe space and acceptance for all. And I think if you can focus ju just on that and leave that like the major part, I think how can how can other people argue with you? Yeah. I mean, well they can. They can. They can. But I'm just saying like leaving any like belief system out of it and just straight fact of human to human like you know we love and support and care for everybody and yeah. everybody's accepted in our classroom. I just think when you leave it that general, how can someone argue with yeah. that? Yeah. But now, look, I'm I sure they can find a way. Yeah. And there are schools that like are much more. Well, she's um, in Texas. So that can be, I think, didn't someone yeah. get fired from Texas yeah. or something? Or like there's for... a lot of schools in, in different states that like, it's just going to come down different. Um, and I just happen to be at a school that no one cares what I do in my classroom ever. Um, so I get away with a lot more and I realize I'm trying to speak from a place where I'm acknowledging that privilege, but like, um, but I think that even if they say no, then it's like, well, let's have this conversation then. Like, let's, well, I find it interesting this. that I don't think you have any of those, uh, things up in your classroom. I don't think that you've ever had a LGBTQ. No, but I have all those fists and they're all different colors. And the one of them is a rainbow. Sure. I, yeah, I, I know. But what I'm just trying to say is I don't think that you have all the the yeah, official things, standard, but you still yeah. provide that space and the classroom. So what I'm saying, even if you have a rule that someone says you can't have all the like the flag or the thing, like the particular thing, yeah. you can still do it. Yeah. You can still create. How else do you let everyone know right. that you're being, trying to be inclusive? Because you just loving. let them be who they are in yeah. their classroom and we don't, you know, do bullying and all this. So I think you can still do it without hanging up the things if you're yeah. in an area that. Yeah. Because it goes beyond be. the decor too, right? It's, right? It is what are you doing? Yeah. Right. Not just what are you showing, like what's up, but it's like, how are you behaving? Being like, be a person people. that, yes. Yeah. So, all right. All right. Our next question comes from Blake. Um, do you have any advice for a first year teacher regarding keeping your grades organized? I feel like keeping up with student work will be the most overwhelming. Thank you for everything. Uh, so first, um, I only give so many grades a week, Blake. Um, I try and give a lot. I try and give seemingly a lot of grades kids are motivated by grades and you know we can have that whole conversation that's a whole nother conversation but students are great are are motivated by the word points um by <clears throat> uh you know let's put that aside right that's that's a thing so kids will always ask 
are we gonna grade for this? Is this being graded? Yeah, bro, of course it's being graded. So I try not to give work that doesn't equal a grade on some level. Um, but you can mark some things for completion, right? Like, so if we're doing guided notes, I'm not gonna sit here and read your guided notes, right? Like, did you do them or not? Like, I, I made these things to hook you up because this is gonna be a piece of the puzzle that when we have an assessment, you need to know this. Um, it is like, so it's some of it is completion. Some of it is, um, is really getting into the nitty gritty and, and grading it. Some of it, I'll, some stuff I'll grade, like I'll look at certain answers. And if I feel like you got like, I'm going to look at this, this, and this. And if you got those right, those are the harder ones. I'm just going to assume the other stuff is correct. Right. So you get a check or a check plus or something like that. So we're not going like full percentage route rubrics really help a lot uh to, to help you grade stuff having other students grade work um is helps a ton especially if it's multiple choice or matching or something like that then you're just not even ever touching that so here's how i do it i give kids papers every single student has a name a number on their desk so we do uh we start the year off with rows so if you have rows every single kid has a number on their desk Every number gets written on the student paper. So uh, uh, Albert, who sits in the front corner, has a number one. The kid behind him, a number two. They write that in the top corner of their paper. So then when I get those papers, um, I can I get them, I uh, paper clip them, and they go into, I only have one place that graded work that needs to be graded goes in my classroom. It says to be graded. I don't take it home. I don't put it in the bag. I don't move it anywhere else. I don't put it under, like over here for a second. It goes from, in my hand, which someone else collected it, I don't collect my own stuff because someone else can do it. Student collects it, they hand it to me. I put a paper clip on it, it goes in the basket. Then when I grade it, I grade it um, or have student grade it and it goes into the to be filed basket, right? There's only two baskets, to be graded and to be filed. To be filed means I need to put it into my grade book. Students never touch my grade book because it's a legal document. Um, when I'm uh, done, or actually when they're done grading it, I have students organize them. All those little numbers that are in the top corner, they put them in order. So now my alphabetized list is now um, in uh, numerical order. So I don't have to go, Albert, uh, grade book, here we go. Okay, Tyrone, um, where are you in the grade book? It's already in order. So I'm just going one to the next, to the next, to the next, plugging in those grades. And then I put them in a separate file for each class as a separate file on my wall where it's, these are to be handed back to you. Some things I hand back, some things I don't. Um, it depends on like, cause I think a lot of stuff I hand back just ends up on the floor anyway, or in the garbage um, or kids lose it and they need it for later. So I just hold on to it until the, the time to give it back to them uh, is there, but that's it. And look, if you ever get super overwhelmed and there's some assignments and you have a stack that's this big, throw some stuff away. It doesn't mean kids didn't learn. Right. And I know that that's like blasphemous to some people, but it's like really throw stuff in the garbage. Kids still learn stuff and you just can't grade everything. Sometimes you want You thought you could get it. Keep up on all this, but it doesn't work. And I grade stuff every day. By the end of the day, my grades are typically in the grade book next day at the latest. And when I don't feel like grading, I just set up a grading vibe. I put on graded music. I put I, maybe like We'll light a candle, uh, not in your classroom, but, you know, put in that nice Glade plug in and, uh, you know, get get set up. Got my drink. I'm a snack. I'm about to grade. I'm making an event that I look forward to.
All right, our next question comes from Daniel. Fourth year teacher, but first year with the same content as before. Oh. Any ideas on how I can intentionally prepare and not be complacent, not having to make everything from scratch? Make everything better, Daniel. So it's like you're going to upgrade it. This is uh, this is like pimp my ride. This is pimp my lesson um, where you're going to look at what you did last year and did it work. Because look, some stuff you did last year that worked, it worked because of that class. It didn't work because kids that age like to do that thing. Um, some of your examples from last year are going to be outdated, right? Pop culture, hip hop culture is always about what's fresh, what's new, what's innovative. So can you start taking what you made last year and how can we level this up, right? So maybe think about where in the school could we deliver this information? Maybe think about how could I build anticipation going into this lesson? How could I make kids like, oh, tomorrow, yo, look, I'm just going to say, don't be late tomorrow. That's all I'm, I'm just saying. You do not want to be late for class tomorrow because you're going to miss it. You're going to, and that's it. Is the bell about to, okay. The bell's about, I, can, I can't even go into it right now. I'm just saying you cannot be late for class tomorrow. It's, it's looking at things like that, where you're going to literally sprinkle magic on some of the stuff that you're doing. How do you make, you know, like, and so I think that's, that's where I would start. And then it's seeing how students are engaging with your work this year. So you know how to fix things going forward. Next question is coming from Piano Boy. My man. Hi, Reynolds. How are you? What are some things you have done for yourself during the summer? And what are some things you will do during the summer to prepare for school? So I think things, first of all, I'm great. I feel so good, dude. Um, I, was a little, I, think it's, I just want to say, I think it's really funny that it's like, what are the, some of the things that you've done for yourself during the summer? Man, summer barely, it feels like summer has barely started for yeah. us. Like oh, yeah. it literally just started. Yeah. What, like, Cause I was away, like right away. And I came home and I had like brand deal stuff that I was finishing. So it was like, it was just like May um, until <clears throat> literally now. Yeah. So yeah, really. So it is, what am I doing for myself in the summer? It's putting things on the calendar, right? Everything goes on the calendar, right? <laughs> so when I'm working, I'm still working from home every single day during the summer, uh, except Tuesdays is going to start being like my new day off for everything. Um, but it was, I put things on the calendar because then my kids have something to look forward to. We have something to look forward to. So even if we're working a lot, there's something coming up. So we went and saw Thor love and thunder yesterday, dude, maybe one of my favorite Marvel movies of all time. Like it might be Don't give it away. besides infinity war and Endgame, That's different. Um, man it's so i know when we were walking out of the movie and i was like and I, I always love to do i always do stuff like this i go i can't believe thor died at the end of course thor didn't die at the end but i love just saying like absurd stuff um because people look at you know i'm like i'm just kidding dude uh i would i would never ruin a movie for someone but it is um brody has a bucket here we go let's share this brody my 14 year old son has a bucket list of fast food places um, and it's really just places that we don't typically go to, right? So one of his big ticket items was Red Lobster. <laughs> Can we please go to Red? And I'm not like a Red Lobster guy. Like we live near the Jersey Shore. Like if I want seafood, I'm going to go like to the spot. It's on the dock and the sunset and it's the vi it's the whole thing's there. Um, it'd be like if you were in, if you lived in Italy, you're not going to Olive Garden, right? Like no shade to Olive Garden if you live in New Jersey. But like if you live in Italy, you're just not going to Olive Garden um, or eating Chef Boyardee. So Brody wanted to go to Red Lobster, put it on the calendar, went to Red Lobster. Still doing date night every Friday night. Um, and those are on the calendar. And we're planning out where we want to go and what we want to do, stuff like that. So it's really it's 
it's a lot of intentionality with yeah. like family or things for ourselves or whatever the thing is, but it's scheduling it on the calendar. Yeah. We live a busy life when anybody lives a busy life. Like you just can't get it all done, but you really kind of can. If you actually sit down and look at a calendar and plug things in, you really sit down and you, you realize you have a lot more time than you think that you yeah. do when you, when you utilize them on like plug in and utilize a calendar. Yeah. You know, what's been fun. I think for us too, is like imagining what is the life I want to lead? Not what do I have to do? Not what do I, like some of the, uh, the counselor, I'm going to forget his name that was on here earlier. That counsel's fifth and seventh grade uh, students mm. said um, that he gets he's like, I get to counsel fifth and seventh grade mm. students. So like, what do you get to do? What do you want your life to look like? And then designing that, planning it, putting on the calendar and then doing those things, I think is what makes it happen. Um, what are some things to prepare for school? I think it is always for me. In thinking about the upcoming school year has always been about um, how can I make this better this year? Like on, on every level, everything can always get better. Everything can always be optimized. Always things can always be systemized. So in the last two years, I have looked at those two words with regards to everything in my life. How do I optimize things and how do I systematize things? Optimizing meaning how do I make things better and systematizing them like I know that if I like I have a person for everything, I get my gas at the same place. I get my car washed at the same place. I get my car worked on at the same place. So like if my car breaks down, I never have to like think like, ah, who are we going to go to? It's like I got a guy like I have like having a guy for everything. I just use the gender neutral guy. But and I get that. But like because uh, sometimes like my hair, uh, I have a girl, um, but <laughs> I got a guy for everything. I get my hair cut every two weeks, like clockwork, right? Because I'm making videos and, and if I need to reshoot something for a company, I need to make sure that my hair looks exactly the same. Um, I love systematizing everything. So like when my kids wake up in the morning, they know that they have to do certain things in the morning. Um, they know that they have to take the dog for a walk, that they have to participate in whatever we're doing. It's systematizing things. And I, for me, I work better that way. So systematizing things at school um, in every single way, it helps me to be more efficient. Um, and I like that. All right. Our next question uh, is John Lopez. And you know, My it's man. a John Lopez question. Lopez. He's asking, what would you tell new principals this year to be master teachers rather than master of teachers? <sighs> makes me think of master of puppets. Makes me think of Eddie. Makes me think of stranger things. Um, <laughs> that's, where, that's where this ADD goes from. Too. Uh, you know, that's a good question, Lopez. Uh, Scott, you stumped. I feel like this is such an easy question. No, well, what would you say? What? How are you? I mean, reading this. Goodness, for one, like stop just giving. Like, listen to teachers. I think one of the biggest fails that, at least in our experience with you, with your your admins that you've had is the only one is no attendant who's ever actually listened and supported their teachers, whether they're right or wrong, whether they agree with them or not. It's like a united front. Um, yeah. And I think that that's really important. Like your school was by no means perfect ever at BL. Yeah. Like when you started YouTube and like what people see online was that's, those were the golden years. No. Cause that's when Dr. Noah Tennant was there and he was just such a great principal, but 
but he even wasn't then, perfect, right? And the you're school still teaching wasn't perfect. We're teaching. still teaching in West Philly and still had all the problems that it had. But one of the things that I remind, that I remember or recall about it is that you were supported and cared for and loved, right? Like when he makes you feel that way, every time you walk in the building, he says hello. Yeah. Every time he sees you, he's glad to see you. He puts off that energy and vibe. And when you're doing that for your teachers, I think that's like so basic, but so forgotten by admin it's like just support and and listen really listen to your teachers because they're the ones that are boots on the ground in the classroom doing all the work i think the other that's really important and they forget that if i added something to that it would be giving teachers permission to fail and to dream and so dreaming up what would this year look like if it was the greatest and not in the regular kind of way right it's like you know who would speak to your class? Where would your class go? What kind of lessons would happen? Where would they happen? Um, was it in the school? Was it somewhere else? Um, where would we get kids to? So, so like we're looking at, you know, one of the things I always love to look at was like, what kind of like needs that some of my special education students were they coming in with? And then what if we could get a program, a person, a situation so we could, we can 10X their outcome? What if we help them? Like, where's the greatest place that we could help get that student to this year and then how are we going to do that giving teachers permission to dream and not putting budgetary constraints on them and things of that nature doesn't mean that look we don't have money for everything but it puts you in a different place when you just start dreaming about what your ideal classroom what your ideal school situation would be like and then when people fail not damning them for them, not go, oh, there's money. Oh, that program didn't work. That cost us $6,000 or $20,000 or the trip didn't go the way that you thought. And it was good. That cost us this much money. It is giving people permission to fail and looking at things like they're not failures. Like it was a result. You produced a result. And how can we grow from this result? How can we learn from this result? But patting people on the back and loving them. Thanks. Thanks for doing something. Thanks for trying to create that. Thanks for trying to do that. That was awesome. And here's all we learned. And now let's do it better next time. Or let's like shift and try and do something else. I think that that level of autonomy and that level of partnership is largely unheard of in education. And it would really, I think, make teachers feel so much more excited. Like you're not just carrying out someone else's dream, but you're part of the 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 dreaming process you're 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 one of the you know like disney like you're one of the imagineers of of what's going on i think that that's that's it we good do you want to keep going i mean we can we can stop we should keep it (laughs) short look before everyone leaves i have uh, i have something for you um i would like to i would like to give out three copies uh three right Mm -hmm. of our book uh teacher class up so if you already have the book that's fine. Maybe you know someone in your school that that would benefit from it. Maybe you want to give this to your to your teacher. But this is a book that I wrote thinking about what do I wish existed when I started teaching. So it's not just for new teachers. It can be for veteran teachers alike. It could be for folks that are coming up with uh, that want to, to get into teaching or thinking about getting into teaching. There's a lot of really great stories in here that my students uh, have written. And actually, the forward is written by one of my former students, Romina, <clears throat> who I believe her first words are when I, fr- what did she say? It's so classic. Uh, we might have edited word, it out. In but... the forward, right? No, it's not. 
I hated Mr. Reynolds the first time I met him. I mean, come on. That is so Romina. There's no way. Romina still comes over to my house for dinner. Like, I think Romina's <laughs> going to watch my animals while I go away on vacation this year, too. But um, so we want to give three of these away. And the way that you get them is we have uh, a newsletter that has, has been on hiatus for a minute. But we are we are so locked and loaded for so much new stuff that's coming up that I'm not going to even over explain right now. But man, there are some really great stuff coming up. Um, the newsletter is one of those things. It is just insights into education, into life, and the stuff that I'm doing. I put it out every uh, month. It's very, very short. It's in video form, and it's about a five-minute watch once a month. Go rate the real rap with Reynolds.com. You can see that address on the on the uh, on You'll the screen a here thing for newsletter. And there's going to be a little floating thing that says newsletter. All you do is sign up for the newsletter, and then um, on what what day we want to do this? Wednesday, we'll pick winners. Wednesdays for winners. Let's go with that alliteration. Right. So on Wednesday, we're going to pick winner. three winners. Um, and we will at random and we'll pick three winners from the newsletter uh, that are that sign up for the newsletter. We'll email you and let you know and we'll get your information from you um, so we can get an address and know where to send it to. And they'll all be signed. Right. So like if you have someone you're giving it to, then sign up for the newsletter and then I will pick three people. Uh, actually, my wife will pick three people so that if you're mad that you didn't get one, it was my wife's fault because she didn't pick you. Um, but that's how we're going to do it. But that's how we want to start off the school year. And then we have some other fun, like getting into the school year giveaways that we want to do also. Uh, so, yeah, if you have anything else, you can follow us on all the social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Twitter. It's there. Um, TikTok is is coming. I'm working. I'm I'm working. I have I have three. Vi- I didn't tell you this. I worked on three videos last oh. month that were like locked and loaded and ready to go. Can we see some TikTok dances? Can you do some of those? <laughs> I'll do it if Chris Carson does it with and Lopez. Let's get that. Let's get that trifecta of awesome on here. So that's it, gang. Look, we're back every week, every Sunday without fail, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, bring your friends. Tell your PLC. Tell your school. Tell the other people in your class that like look. I don't know if we're going to get it for real from anywhere else. Reynolds is keeping it real. And that's what we're hoping to do for you. And then look here on out every Tuesday, new videos are coming out every Tuesday. And then we have other stuff planned, but that's the next new one. So this Tuesday, there will be a video coming out that is uh, about like, so you got a new teaching job. Now, the when they give you that mountain of work, when all the new expectations come on you, what do you do with that? It's like my five or six uh, real ways to handle that stuff um, to make this living in the job that you you're called for this. We are called to be teachers in this time, right? We're, we're here for a reason. And I'm so excited to be able to be on that journey with you. Anything else, wife? Nope. Awesome. That's it, gang. Uh, I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week and we'll see you next week on Sunday. Peace.